Chapter 1 One can never know what a new road will bring. Alan Christofferson's Diary Custer, South Dakota is a tiny little tourist town near Mount Rushmore in the Crazy Horse Memorial. I spent two days in Custer, convalescing after a long and emotionally challenging stretch through eastern Wyoming. Sunday, I was ready to resume my journey. It was a cool May morning, and I rose with the sun showered and shaved. The luxuriousness of my temporary surroundings was not lost on me. In the weeks ahead, crossing through the barren stretch of South Dakota's badlands, I would be without a soft bed and hot water. I laid my road atlas open on the bed and studied it for a few minutes, drawing a path with my finger. Then, once I was committed to a course, I marked it in pen. My next target was 1,300 miles away, Memphis, Tennessee, by way of St. Louis. From Custer, I would walk north until my path intersected with Interstate 90. Then I'd walk east through South Dakota through the Badlands, about 400 miles to Sioux Falls. The night before, I had washed five pairs of my socks in the hotel sink. They were all gray and threadbare and due to be retired. They were also still damp. I put them in a dry-cleaning sack from the hotel closet and packed them into my backpack. Then I put on my socks from the day before, laced up my shoes, and headed out of the hotel. As I walked through the hotel's lobby, I noticed a woman sitting in one of the chairs near the reception desk. She had gray hair, though she looked too young to be so gray. She wore a long, black woolen coat and a burgundy silk scarf tied around her neck. She was beautiful, or had been once, and something about her was hard to look away from. Something about her looked familiar. Peculiarly, she was likewise watching me with an intense gaze. When I was just a few yards from her, she said, Alan. I froze. Excuse me? You are Alan Christofferson? As I looked into her face, I was certain we had met before, but I couldn't place her. Yes, I said, I am. Then I realized who she was. Before I could speak, she said, I've been looking for you for weeks. Chapter 2 There are people such as Benedict Arnold or Adolf Hitler whose names become synonymous with evil and more of adjective than proper noun. For me, Pamela is such a name. Alan Christofferson's Diary The woman was Mikkel's mother. Pamela, I said, it was a name I had never spoken without pain or anger, and usually both. A name that seemed to me as a boy, and even as an adult, to represent everything wrong with the world. Pamela was the source of Mikkel's greatest angst, a permanent sliver in her heart. There's a good reason that I hadn't recognized her immediately. I had met Pamela only once before, briefly at Mikkel's funeral, and had said all I ever intended to say to her then. What do you want? I asked. I was hoping to talk to you, she said, her expression falling with mine. About what? She swallowed nervously. Everything. Everything, I repeated. I shook my head. No, we have nothing to talk about. She looked upset, but not particularly surprised by my response. I don't blame you, but I've come a long way. I looked at her for a moment, then lifted my pack. So have I. I turned from her and walked out the hotel's front door. The town of Custer was bustling with tourists, and the traffic was brisk, the sidewalks along Mount Rushmore Road crowded with those who had come to see the monuments. 
I planned on walking about twenty miles that day, and I was ready for breakfast, though, admittedly, seeing Pamela had somewhat dulled my appetite. I couldn't believe she had come looking for me. What could she possibly want to talk about? After I had walked about a hundred yards from the hotel, I looked back. To my dismay, Pamela was following me, walking about a block behind me on the same side of the street. She wore a sun visor and had a large pink bag draped over her shoulder. A half-block later, I stepped into the Songbird Cafe, the restaurant recommended by the hotel clerk. The cafe was small and crowded, and the waitress had just seated me at a round table in the corner when the bell above the door rang and Pamela walked in. She held her bag in both hands and glanced furtively at me as she waited to be seated. Fortunately, the hostess led her to a table on the opposite side of the room, where she stayed. I was glad that she didn't come to my table. I would have left if she had. I wolfed down my breakfast, a tall stack of buttermilk pancakes with two fried eggs, three strips of overdone bacon, and a cup of coffee. I paid my bill, then slipped on my heavy backpack and walked out. Pamela was still sitting at her table, sipping coffee, her dark eyes following me. I crossed to the other side of the street and walked several blocks back towards the hotel, turning in the middle of town at the 16th Junction. I followed the highway north towards the Crazy Horse Memorial. There was more than one route to I-90 from Custer, but 16 would lead me back by the monument, which, if not a shorter route, seemed more interesting. When I got to the top of the hill above Custer, I glanced back at the town. Unbelievable.